Chapter 38 With Everything I Am Delusion clung to the inside of my skull like a tick, sapping me of anything real. Remy will wake up. Mary's voice still echoes in me, pitched down, darkened and synthesized, sound waves black shifted and vacuuming my blood. But that's just the beginning. Remy will wake. Remy will wake. This moment is worthless, and hope will but deceive me. This moment is wakey, Remy wakey. A morning whisper into the ear, blowing my brains out. My body reshuffled its deck. I could feel cards being flipped, bad ones. One organ turning on, then another, stuttering and sick. Remy, it's wet. Are they all spitting on me? Remy, please wake up. You're talking to yourself. Consciousness. I realize I'm not dead and hate life for picking me again. Remy, can you hear me? Yolandi's voice. You're burning up. I feel molested by my own insides. Every cell of my body is forcing the next to do weird things. What tense are we in? I asked. What tense are we in, I ask again. Time and death and life are stuck in a one-square hopscotch and not playing nicely. Remy, open your eyes, please. Then fire did it for me. Lightning explodes into a burning melt of decibels. Sonic, searing, forging sky-blue outlines of the mountains at night. My eyes opened wide. It's pouring. Another loud crack. It was fuchsia this time. With her white hair, her ghost eyes, Yolandi's lit like a neon sign, and it's flashing my name. Remy, can you move? Remy! She slaps me. Heartbeat, breath, awareness. Shit, those things again. I'm here. What? I don't know. Ten feet, right there. She points. I don't look. To the overhang. The rain is louder than her. Can you move or must I drag you? I take inventory. Miri, backpack, and something seriously wrong with my body. I don't know. Yolandi didn't wait. She grabbed the top loop of my pack and began pulling. Miri and I and all my stuff were a heavily soaked sum, too much for her. On my butt, I began to push backward with my heels, the effort was weak, but we gained traction. Once beneath the overhang, Yolandi sits down beside me. The smell of Miri's shampoo lingers like fructis asbestos in my nose. I still hear her singing. I want to go back. Only minutes ago, she was alive. I was there. I want to go back. I'm violently upset at everything. You went somewhere, too. Yolandi knows. She isn't asking. The storm is going wild. Lightning turns the rain to falling sparks. And she was alive. 
My eyes confirm, yes. They ask her, you as well? No answer. Still, it's clear, like me, she too was somewhere else. Somewhere much better than here. Yolandi leaned back against the rock wall and returned there for a moment. The dream keeper. That's all she says. The world is breaking. It's smashing into itself and catching fire. The sight is hypnotizing. I'd never seen rain like this. From our low balcony, our tiny hole in the mountainside, I watched entire oceans graded to sharp parts bulleting downward. The blue outshined any day brightness and went dark not for one moment. Lightning played down like a range of piano keys. Ominous chords and deep echoes, zero space between. The light show was pure art. I'd never believed in this kind of power. But here it is. This was real religion, raw and simple and without rules, a power you can only pray to and die because of. And I had very much faith in the latter. I'm lost, completely zoned. Every inch of my attention is stretched into the fiery night burning and flooding in front of me. Yolandi leans in and pulls the ripped collar of my shirt down just a bit. I don't notice. Delicately, she touches a fingertip to the wound over my heart. I absolutely notice. My body explodes, lit up loud as the lightning outside it. I scream. Yolandi leans back. The expression on her face reminds me of a doctor carrying a mute mouthful of terminal truth to the parents of some cancer kid. Bad news, and her eyes apologize. I take a look for myself. My skin and sternum are wax paper over a dirty window. I can see it all. My heart looks like an exploded ink bag, a shriveled sea anemone swaying dead in an oil spill. My capillaries are a rotted root system. My blood is black. You're dying. I told her to say that again, please. She did. You're dying, Remy. I smiled. My heart was plunging sewage. I could see it moving. Do not smile. Yolandi's words were threatening. She meant it. You will finish this. You will deliver her. I could tell she didn't care what happened after that. Once you do, then... Then? Exactly. She believed there was something left that needed doing. Still, it was too obvious, same as me, Yolandi was in no hurry to stay alive. Come on, she said, standing and lowering a hand, ready to lift me up and get going once more. The lightning beyond our overhang was an atmospheric minefield. Very attractive odds. The roulette of it appealed strongly to my present ambitions. But before dying... I had some questions. Did you name her? A lightning strike slammed down exactly behind Yolandi. I could feel its energy run through me. I did the math. Regrettable, that one would have gotten us. Yolandi sat back down. 
as if there was nothing strange, nothing at all surprising to the question. Yes, she replied. And no, my silence asked. And that means... Looking down, not at Miri, not at me. Her name is, or it was, is Rara. She glanced at Miri, looked back down. Again, silence spoke in my stead. It's from the old language. Translated, it means the mirror image of Are. Rain seemed to slow for a moment. Once the doctor, Yolandi paused, searching for the right word, adopted her, I could tell that was not her first choice, from mirror image, her name then became, I said it with her, Miri Emma. Yes. Again, Miri Emma. She spoke it with such sad love. Why? A more loaded word had never left my mouth. I was asking everything. Thunder rolled toward and then away from us like a train crashing by overhead, tumbling, breaking to pieces. I wished every day to be with her. Reluctant and scared, Yolandi lifts her eyes to Miri. Her words are no longer meant for me. Every moment, through days and through dreams, you are my every thought, always. I close my eyes and find you young and in the stars. I open them and watch you skip upon the clouds. Yolandi touches Miri's hair and leans in, resting her forehead to her daughter's. I'm only inches away, but I'm not here at all. I love you, my girl, my little girl. Her whispers sound like cracks in a dam, a suspension bridge, the groaning before it snaps. I love you as I hate myself with everything I am. She grips Miri tighter, condenses her breath. No crumbling. She steals her structure. Please forgive me. Rara, please forgive me. With her head pressed to Miri's, her hand trembling to the tension, Yolandi holds her grief. She keeps it from bursting. Not yet. One thing left to go. Slowly, Yolandi settles. She leans back against the rock, closes her eyes, and then opens them. Side by side, we spend minutes watching the storm. All is quiet, a strange calm in the violence. I ask her to share. I want to know my wife's story. She tells me of her people, her grandfather, the way it once was when she was young, before the purpose. The beliefs of her people, she says, their gods and their faith, that before the purpose came about, all of it existed without a name. Using her fingertip on the wet ground between us, Yolandi draws the familiar symbol, the two crescent moons, the pearl. There are no words, there is no need. It is all right there. She then wipes through the outline, scattering the sand and erasing the symbol. 
But that is lost on you, on your people. The way you live requires titles, walls for your ideas. You don't see it. They make your meanings little. They shrink your sky. She pauses for a moment. It is apparent her resentment and her passion are both equally deep and very real. The man you know is speaker. Her voice sharpens now. He was from us. He is of my people. He learned alongside my grandfather. They shared campfires, heard the same tales. We learned of the same gods, of Are, of Biclops. Our hearts were fed by the same beautiful things, things infinite and unknowable. She continued to trace her fingertip through the sand, drawing nothing. But some seed simply will not take. Some ground is unfertile. Some soil is poison. His heart, she looks at me, is poison. Her eyes sink to the wound over my chest, my black blood. He loved little things, little words, little jewelry, little power, people praise and a stage to stand on. And when he sold our gods to your people, he came back and gave these little things to mine. He sold our gods to your city and purchased us with the payment. T-shirts, trailer homes, tobacco, tinned food, a tiny clinic. My people were purchased by trinkets and plastic. And so, by accepting, my people defined their own worth. Souls for sour milk. And that is what they lived. There is no sympathy in her voice. Her resentment is equally allotted to speaker, herself, her people, and mine. I am included as well. Listening to Yolandi, I can feel it. She hates in a way that my heart, even reduced to this, a barely beating and broken thing, could never understand. With the exception of Miri, and confusingly Brad, she hates every piece of her life, every part of herself. This endears me to her. Yolandi's ghost eyes watch the mountains melt in front of us. Electric blue flashes cold on her albino irises. No blinking. She continues. Ra-Ra's birth was difficult. Her goddess arm came first. To proceed that way would have folded her, crushed her. Not understanding this, I protested, but the women serving at her birth insisted. I was rushed from the hills, the place that I had prepared, to the clinic within the village. This is where the doctor was. The thunder is so loud that my skull vibrates. Sick as I am, I can't keep my body from startling to each pop. Conversely, Yolandi's affect is that of someone lounging beachside. The storm, this mad energy screaming all around us, is soothing to her. She calmly traces another symbol in the white sand. This one I don't recognize. The doctor told me it was required that I be cut, and for this I would need to be made unconscious. I refused. I was then told the same thing again. I refused again. 
With Rara exiting me, I could not fight. My own pain was no concern, but that I would hurt Rara, harm my baby. Again she looked at Miri, then away. So my ladies held me. They were not wrong. They thought only of saving the child in me. They held me while the doctor emptied a medicine needle into my skin. The medicine was very strong. I still remember its feeling. My mind became like nighttime, and my body fell into a sleep. She keeps with the symbol, turning it into a pattern. Edge of a fingernail for fine lines, it becomes something intricate. Half the time her eyes are not on her hand. She works from memory, blind. It is beyond impressive. Yolandi is an artist. She has a rare talent, and I can tell it means nothing to her. I wake up, and he is there. I ask for my baby, and the man called Speaker tells me she is beautiful. That she is so beautiful. That she is a miracle. Yolandi destroys the pattern between us, dredging the sand with all five fingers, flinging it away. At first, his words pleased me. My daughter is alive, and my daughter is beautiful. I remember that I smiled. I smiled. She repeats the word like a sick curse on herself. Thinking that my child would be presented to me right then, any moment. He spoke of her again, of how she is beautiful, of how she is a miracle, a gift. Then I saw, inside of his eyes, his joy was only for himself. That he was speaking proudly, as someone who now possessed this beautiful gift. In his voice was a twisted gratitude. He was thanking me for my offering, expecting me to find pleasure in his, that I should be a happy giver. A bolt of lightning landed some yards out from our overhang, and it stuck. Like a spear planted in earth, it stayed there, flashing and convulsing, writhing like a slanted serpent, bent and blue. I'd never seen anything like it. I thought for a moment, that looks how time now feels, but didn't understand my own poetry. I had a ridiculous fever. I checked my wound again. With the same joy in his voice, the same tone of gratitude, Speaker proceeded to describe to me the way my people would look once starved. How bullets would crawl through the softness within their skulls, how the tiniest blade can peel entire scalps. How impressive he would look dressed inside of my grandfather's skin. How my parts... Yolandi glanced down, her eyes touching between her legs, would taste to his tongue, butchered and boiled and made nice with salt and butter. How my daughter's parts would taste... She wasn't sitting on a beach anymore. She was climbing a volcano. He promised me the first time I saw her, I would learn all of this. That if I ever sought Rara out, I would be given the gift of her goddess arm to take home, her emerald eyes to wear as earrings. He told me much more than that, and he meant every word. He is a very sick man. He meant all of it. As I watched Yolandi, it was almost as if she were creating the lightning herself.
as if the storm were her own heart, pounding thunder. I believed in Are. I offered my entire life as one prayer. I removed myself from all. Clouds and moon, clouds and moon. No day, no sun. I woke with the night and gave each minute to meditation. Offerings of mandalas, of flowers. Are gave Rara to me. This is what I believed. And so in the same way, she would bring her back to me. Yolanti settled, went calm again. Her eyes reverse resurrected to their dead blue. But she did not, then closed. Are did not hear me. She did not care for my life, and my tiding was unacceptable. For years, these were the things I thought. But then, one day my thoughts moved beyond that, beyond my own worthlessness, and into the reality of Are's worthlessness. I found that I hated my goddess, and I find the same now. I do hate my goddess. Eyelids rise, and Yolandi lays the blue ghosts floating behind them upon Miri like an offering. I am sorry, Rara. I don't know what to say. I stare out. My eyes blur, and the rain reverses. Each drop is bursting from ground and shooting into sky. Thunder plays like a record spun backward, slurring the storm's meaning. It's normal again, then spinning faster, rewinding itself from the mountain only to slam back down. Time is drunk on moon wine and dancing for us. I saw her once. Yolandi's words feel rejected from the void I'm sinking in, returned like a bent quarter from a slot. I came to the presentation. I covered myself. I moved through the crowd, and I saw her. Yolandi pauses. But she did not see me. The void releases me as well. I know the day she's speaking of. Miri spinning back to me from the front of the stage, eyes wide. She did. I turn to Yolandi, only just now understanding this myself. She did see you. The lightning skips a beat. The thunder pounds harder. She saw you from the stage. She knew. It is true, she did. I am promising this to Miri's mother. Instantly, she knew you. Watching my words move through Yolandi is like staring into star-laden space. I don't dare guess to the depth or distance they travel. Her pale blue eyes move to Miri once again, and the ghosts come alive. They shine with a peace that is on fire. She melts in it, but just for a moment. Now, she says, and rises up. My weak heart scribbles the footnote, or never. I take Yolandi's hand. I stand with her, one full breath each, one last push, and together we step into the storm. <laughs>